This call is being recorded. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Salasita. Who's on the line? Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Good morning, Salasita. Good morning, family. This is Pam. Good morning, Pam. Morning. Is there anyone else that has joined us? Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who else has joined us? Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who's on the line? Good morning, Valacita. It's Pretty Patrice. Good morning. Good morning, Pretty. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Thank you. Happy Saturday to you as well. Good morning, Valacita. Deborah Evans. Good morning. Good morning, Deborah Evans. Good morning. Happy Saturday. You too. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who else has joined us? Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who's on the line? Good morning, Valacita. Good morning. Who's this? This is JC. I wanted to say thank you again. Oh, you're welcome, JC. Have a wonderful I will, girl. I hope I can make this five mile walk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're rooting for you. (laughs) Thank you, sweetie. You guys have a good one. Bye bye now. Bye. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. This is Juanita. How are you? Oh, good morning. I'm finding you. Good. Happy Saturday. Thank you. Same to you. Thanks. 
Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who else has joined us? Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who's on the line? Good morning, it's Sister Tracy. Happy Saturday, everyone. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Good morning Sister Tracy. Good morning, Sister Family. This is Denise. Good morning, Denise. And who else was that? Bubbly. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Bubbly. Happy Saturday to you as well. Thank you. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who else has joined us? Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning before we begin the hosting? Okay, at this time I'm going to ask everyone to please place your phones on mute. Hello, my name is Valuable Valacita, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed as well. Be sure to stay tuned in with us this month because November's theme is entitled Glory and Honor. You don't want to miss the messages, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declarers. There are no new announcements today, and there are also no new prayer requests from the app. The order of the call is as follows. Declaration will be done by Pastor Lavelle. Praying and Corporate Praise will be done by Lisa, and then we'll go right into our closing comments, which will be hosted by Pastor Lavelle. I'll repeat the order. Declaration by Pastor Lavelle, Praying and Corporate Praise by Lisa, and then closing comments will be hosted by Pastor Lavelle. The scripture today is John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please place your phones on mute until instructed to come off of mute. I now pass the call to Pastor Lavelle. Good morning, uh, everyone. Uh, please forgive me. I, I really wasn't prepared to do this this morning, um, but I did get a text from Moni. Uh, and uh, please uh, bear with me for a minute. I'm on my way to Oakland, so I had to pull over uh, uh, and do the declaration. 
uh, this morning. Uh, please uh, continue to pray uh, for my mother, who we just found out had stage four cancer. So uh, even though my faith is strong, I'm not in the best spaces uh, space right now. Uh, because although I'm a pastor, I'm still a son. And so, uh, uh, so just bear with me for a minute. Uh, uh, when you have the time, when you have the time, I, 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 and forgive me, I, I didn't even know the theme or anything because I've been so preoccupied with that, but uh, I believe this is what the Lord would give us this morning. Um, uh, Matthew chapter uh, 26, uh, verses 20 through 24. It says, uh, now when the even was come, sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, uh, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Uh, and they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto the man by whom Son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Wow. Wow. Um, um, as, as, as we go um, through this life, uh, I'm, just, I'm just a firm believer as we get closer to the end of of life, so so much is happening. So many are leaving off the scene. Uh, it seems to me uh, so many people are starting to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior like never before, which is a good thing. Uh, but for those of us who have already accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I I, I really believe that we should take our Christianity more seriously than what we do. I, I want to say that again. I, I believe that we really ought to take our Christianity more serious than what we do. Uh, because every time we hear a lesson taught or perhaps even a, a, a sermon preached or or I would even say even a scripture read, it would um, it should be our utmost desire to first of all take self-inventory uh, and then secondly take the word and incorporate it to our individual lives and and we ought not take the word of god as a source of entertainment uh, we we ought not ignore the word um, um we 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 ought to be a better people as a result of our christianity we ought to be a better people as a result of us going to church, we, we really ought to be a better people uh, of getting on this line every day. I mean, being involved uh, with all of this teaching, uh, being involved with the preaching of the word. Um, what I really want to say is that you ought not come as you are and leave like you came. Um, there, there's a song that says. Um, that I want to be a Christian in my heart, and and it, and, it, and it should really strike a nerve because if you keep reading that same 
uh, hearing that same um, uh, song, it says, I don't want to be like Judas in my heart. And um, Judas, um, Judas was given the greatest opportunity, opportunity of any human being, but, but Judas didn't take his salvation and his service for the Lord seriously. And, and if Judas had perhaps taken his salvation and service for the Lord seriously, um, perhaps, I mean, just perhaps, his name would have been one of the 12 names written in the foundation of the city of New Jerusalem, or um, perhaps there would have been a book uh, named St. Judas or the Gospel According to St. Judas. And I said that to say, we ought not use an illegitimate reason as a basis for for getting your legitimate need met uh, due to a bad or improper decision that you made to satisfy your uh, your need uh, for immediate gratification. Um, but because instead Judas's name has become synonymous with treachery and shame because the writer of uh, Judas Dante in his book, his work, The Divine Comedy, he paints a picture of hell and he uh, uh, puts Judas in a part of hell all by himself, and he paints a picture of Satan with Judas in his mouth, shaking Judas from side to side to say to us that what Judas did was the worst crime a person could ever commit. And, and Judas reminds us that the events that surrounded the crucifixion were not all about the cruelties that Jesus suffered from his enemies, but it also proves to us the cruelties and hypocrisies, hypocrisies I'm sorry, that, that, that he also suffered from his friend. And, and, and Judas, in other words, reminds us uh, that it's not enough to even be called and labeled a believer. And if you're going to make it in the kingdom, you, you must be a believer. I mean, Judas had a good name. Uh, the name Judas means to praise because Judas comes from the word Judah. It means to praise God. Judas messed up a good name. And even though uh, this morning all the other disciples sinned and deserted Jesus, uh, the real tragedy is all of them were reunited with Jesus except Judas. I mean, remember, Peter denied him, but uh, but but Sunday morning Jesus said, meet me in Galilee. Thomas doubted him, uh, but eight days after the resurrection, he said, reach hither thy hand and feel the nail prints, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. But the, the record is that Judas committed suicide. I mean, he, he messed up uh, a good name. And I, I told you just a few minutes ago that uh, Judas meant to praise, and, and he messed it up. And, and, and I'm wondering, declare victory, I'm wondering uh, on the line this morning to be serious enough to ask this question, how many of us are called Christians, Christians? We're wearing Christ's name. We're wearing the name of Jesus Christ because Christians, Christians means those who are of, of Christ. How many of us are wearing Christ's name, but we're messing up a good name? Um, uh, uh, I know JC's not on the line, but I read something that uh, 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 that she had said that I mentioned, uh, I guess, some months back. But it fits right here because a lot of us, can talk Christianity by the mile, but we won't live it by the inch. Uh, and we're messing up a good name. Uh, we're messing up the name as believers because the truth of the matter is he, he betrayed our Lord. Um, and the Bible says that they were in the garden and, and the soldiers came and Jesus was praying and Peter cut a man's ear off and Judas kissed the Savior. And so 
And so what, what I've come by to suggest uh, to you uh, this morning that you also have a choice because the characteristics of treachery and the characteristics of being a traitor is in all of us. So you have a choice. You can either fight like Peter, you can go on like Judas, or you can submit like Jesus. Because in the garden, Jesus said, uh, not my will, but thine be done. And Peter cut a man's ear off, and Judas traded him with a kiss. So, so the choice is yours this morning. You can fight like Peter, you can pretend like Judas, or you can submit like Jesus. It's either the sword, the kiss, or the cup. I, I mean, you can fight, you can submit, or you can pretend to the will of the Father. So 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 don't don't come down on brother Judas too too hard. But 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 I'm I wondered in reading this why 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 would Jesus Jesus himself give a testimony concerning this man? And, and then then it brought me to the fact that that I had to remember that that Jesus that God does testify concerning his children. What are you talking about, Jones? He asked Satan about his whereabouts. He said, what you been? Where, where, where you been? What you been up to? Uh, Satan said, I've been going uh, uh, up and down on the earth. And the Lord testified concerning his servant. He said, well, have you considered my servant Job, that he's a good and upright man, a man that loveth God and assures evil? God does testify concerning his children. Uh, you remember what Jesus said about John the Baptist, that there was no man greater form of a woman. Now, now to clear victory, I'm wondering, what is God's testimony about you? I, I got to make this personal. What, what, what is God's testimony about you? Not, not what folks are saying, not what people are saying, because see, we worry a lot about what people are saying about us. But what is God saying? What is God saying about your level of commitment concerning your salvation and your service to him? My, I guess the question is, are you committed? Can God say, have you considered my servant, whatever your name is? Or are you slipping and sliding, peeping and hiding, ducking and dodging from the Lord, and the Lord is ashamed to own you as his child? I mean, I mean, the Lord said concerning Judas, this, this is the Lord's testimony. And, y'all, I read it, you heard it, that it would have been better for this man if he had not been born. That, that's a shameful testimony. And I heard a preacher say some time ago the church is about dying, and the truth of the matter is if you didn't have to die and I didn't have to die, I'd probably quit preaching. No, I, I would just go on. But since I have to die and since you have to die, then church is a very important issue. But now let me ask you a question. Where is church on your level of priority? I mean, if you got to die and I got to die and the church is the only vessel, the only mode of transportation to take you safely from this side to the other side, my question is, do you have your ticket? Are you in the church? What kind of service, what kind of worship are you giving God? And so I just want to suggest just a couple of things why he gave this testimony, y'all, and, and, and I'll leave y'all alone. I saw that, that, and I may not get through all of this, I saw that, that, that he deceived the saints, first of all. He despised the Savior, and then he destroyed his soul. What are you talking about, Jones? He deceived the saints because Judas played the part of a disciple with perfect skill. He, he deceived the saints because when Jesus went out on the evangelistic campaign, Judas was right there. I mean, he preached the gospel. He healed the sick. I mean, I mean, if, if you think about it and you know, oh, I want to say it this way, if you, if you know, the biblical background, and you know the life of Judas, um, that when, um, when, when Jesus sent him out on the evangelistic campaign or when Jesus went out 
on the uh, evangelistic campaign, Judas was right there. I mean, he preached the gospel. He, he was there when they healed him. Matter of fact, Judas had one of the only positions in the church because, remember, they didn't have a secretary. He had one of the uh, only positions in the church. And, and the truth of the matter is they never really knew or they never really suspected that Judas was a devil. Because, 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 uh, uh, I'm getting excited, y'all. If, if, if those disciples, uh, uh, as mean as James and John, those, those sailors, those, those fishermen, if they had known that Judas was a betrayer, they, they would have tore him up. If, if they had ever suspected that Judas was a betrayer, they would have whooped him real good. Now, 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 don't leave me when I tell you that all of us have the potential of becoming a Judas. All of us have the traits of treachery in us. Yeah, 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 there's a traitor in you. If it were not for the grace of God in your life, someone has said that the church is just a fellowship of forgiven traitors. Wow. And all of us have the potential because the tragic limitations about being human is that you know where you've been, but you don't know where you're going. So before you start bragging about, Pastor, what I don't do and what you haven't done and boasting about uh, what you don't do, let me remind you that uh, uh, you know where you've been, but you don't know where you're going. And the truth of the matter is you don't know what you'll do uh, and know how you'll react under a certain circumstance. There, there, there's another you there. There's an elusive self. Because, because when I read this, they, they didn't know that Judas was a betrayer. But the Bible said that Jesus knew because, because remember, he said, uh, uh, he already had, he, he, he said, I've chosen 12, and one of you is a devil. And, and Jesus knew from the beginning that Judas was a devil. And, and I asked this question this week, that, that, that if Jesus knew that Judas was a betrayer, why didn't he just put him out from the beginning? And, and, and the Lord said to me, if love and patience wouldn't save him, putting him out wasn't going to save him either. And, and, and I, I've heard some people say, uh, 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 and I, I, somebody sent me a video just last night. One of my good friends, Pastor Marty Peters, sent me a, a, a video of, of somebody putting somebody out of the church. And, um, and, and, and I said, wow, wow. And, I, and I've heard people say, why don't they put so-and-so out of the, the choir? Why don't they put so-and-so out of the church? But Jesus suggested to me in this passage of Scripture that the church is strong enough to survive and to make it with Judas on board. You, you don't have to put anybody out. Jesus can make it with Judas on board. But, but Judas, Judas was the perfect actor. Uh, underneath his garments of religion, he was dressed up and using church like many people today, um, nothing more than a costume party. What you have to understand is that a hypocrite is a person who's not really living, who's not really himself on Sunday morning. A hypocrite was Judas, and, and, and it, it means uh, an actor or someone who's playing a role. And I've come by to share that the church, in the church we have a lot of actors. We have a lot of Judases. I, I know it ain't Hollywood, but nevertheless, we have a lot of actors in the church because the truth is, you know yourself that who you show on Sunday is really not who you show when you get back home. And if this is not the real you when you get back home, if you're not living Christianity Monday through Saturday as well as on Sunday, then what I've come by to suggest to you that you're living the life and playing the part of Judas. 
Judas never called Jesus Lord. He called him rabbi. He called him master. He called him teacher. But he never called him Lord. He deceived the saints. You see, he's like most of us. He wanted a savior, but he didn't want a Lord. Lord, save me, but I can handle it from here on in. And, and, and I know people, they, they be trying to pick out and look around and see who Judas is, but let me just quickly remind you that Judas is not the fellow who slips in late and leaves before the benediction. No. Judas is the kind of person that that will volunteer to teach Sunday school. He's the kind of person who will be sitting on the deacon's ministry or even preaching in the pulpit or ushering on the usher's ministry. He'll know all the religious cliques and cliches of Christianity. He's the kind of person that's dressed up in a costume that looks like the right thing, but on the inside, he's really an Im imitation. And what you have to understand, when you when, when we pray after Lisa prays today and, and she leads us to the throne or even at church tomorrow when the good singing and the good preaching goes on, let me tell you this. It's not how high you jump in church on Sunday, but it's how straight you walk when you come back down. Because, because it, 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 it bothers me as a pastor when 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 my members don't come to Bible study. It bothers me when they don't come to Sunday school because you betray the Lord. And 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 we want a savior. Lord save me, help me. But we don't want the Lord to tell us what to do. And, and you see, this was not some wine head, this was not some dope head, this was not some prostitute. This, this was an apostle of God. And, and 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 Jesus said that it would have been better him if he had not been born. That, 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 that's a shameful testimony. This man was religious, but he was lost. He had religion, but he didn't have a relationship. And a lot of us, uh, 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 we have religion, but we don't have a relationship. So not only did he deceive the saints, um, a lot of folks got, got people fooled, and consequently, um, you 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 you'll run some folks out the church because they see how unfaithful you are. Um, and, and, and don't you know when folks come inside your church and, and I'm, and I'm talking, I'm talking about new members when they come inside your church and they come to Bible study, they come to Sunday school, they come to church and they look up and don't see you. And, 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 and don't you know that that's a testimony to them about how you feel about God? I mean, they see you, they, they, you, you never got anything to sing about, and, and God has been good to you. God has been blessing you. God has been keeping you. God has spared your life, blessed your family. Every time they see you, you got a frown on your face. You sit up in church and go to sleep looking at the clock and don't have nowhere to go. Fall asleep, just got out the bed, got to church late, and then leave early. People are looking at you, and they're watching you, and your life is a testimony. You're, you're deceiving the saints. And so not only did he deceive the saints, but he despised the Savior. And, and, and Jesus said he wasted his life because he deceived the saints, but he despised the Savior. And, and when I looked at this, I thought that he had a chance to be saved because he had the Lord's word. I, I mean, he was there when, when the Lord stood between the horns of Mount Hatton and said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I mean, I mean, he was there when, when, when Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I mean, he was right there when Jesus talked the parable about the virgins, five wise, five foolish. I mean, he was there when Jesus gave the magnificent metaphors. I'm the bread of life. I'm the water of life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
I mean, he had the Lord's word, and yet he was still lost. And, y'all, we have the Lord's word Sunday after Sunday, day after day, over and over again. He says, bring the tithes to the storehouse. I mean, that is his word, isn't it? I mean, over and over again, he says, love your enemies as you love yourself. But we despise that over and over again. He says, if you got something against your brother, go to him. If that don't work, take somebody else. And if that don't work, take it before the church. But yet we hold on to our grudges and we start hating folks that we see every Sunday. We despise that. When he says, forsake not the assembling together. When he says, come to church, we despise that. We have the Lord's word, but we don't want to hear that. Judas was lost. Because he heard the master. He heard him teach. He heard him preach with power, conviction, and persuasion. But yet he ignored the word of God. Before I close, how many of you are ignoring God's word? Not, not, not only did he despise his word, the word of God, but he despised the work of God. I mean, he saw all the miracles that Jesus had done. He, he, he was there somewhere between already and not yet when those ten lepers were cleansed. I mean, I mean, he was there at the uh, uh, wedding in Cana, Galilee, when Jesus changed water to wine. I mean, he was there when uh, Jesus took men off beds and put beds on men. I mean, he was there when Jesus took a little boy's lunch and had a smorgasbord in the desert. He was there when Jesus opened up a, a, a Walgreens drugstore on the Jericho Road. I mean, he was right there when Jesus stopped the funeral procession and made it uh, a family reunion, but he despised all of that. I've come by to suggest to you this morning that somebody on the line may be despising the works and the word of the Lord. And I mean, every, every day the sun rises and you don't have to add fire to it to keep it burning. That, that's a work of God. I mean, who else but a God can make it a storm on the East Coast, cause a tornado in Kansas, a flood in Texas, and yet have a heat wave here on the West Coast all at the same time? Who else but uh, uh, God can put stars in the sky and the bowls never need changing? Who else uh, uh, can hang the sun in the sky like a golden medallion? Who else but God can do that? And so you ignore the works of God. And, 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 and the truth of the matter is you, you know what time you went to bed. You know what time you laid down last night, but you don't know what time you went to sleep. Somewhere between nodding last night and snoring this morning, you went over into la-la land. But early this morning, God woke you up, and he didn't do it because you were so good. He didn't do it because you were so kind. He did it because of his grace. And so what I just come by to tell you is that you can't, you, you, you can't ignore God. I mean, I mean, I mean, I got, I got to finish this. There, there, there are some things that I can't ignore, but I can't ignore God. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I mean, it, it, it becomes a problem when I try to ignore God. For example, I, I don't think about the solar system every day. I, I, I don't think about Hamlet to be or not to be. I mean, that don't break that break in on my thought pattern every day. But there are some things that I cannot ignore. I can't ignore that what so of a man soweth the same that he sh the same he shall also reap. That breaks in on me. A lot of y'all worrying about your future. You don't have to go to Madam Nobody. You ain't got to go to profit somebody and get you no rabbit's feet. I mean, if the rabbit had four and you got one, obviously he wasn't that lucky. You, I mean, you don't have to go uh, to no tarot card reading or, 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 or call your psychic hotline. You ain't got to stand 
and no prayer line and let somebody blow their breath on you and uh, anoint you with oil until it runs down. I mean, no, you can call Jesus. You want to know what's in your future, look in your past, because whatever man soweth, the same shall he also reap. I mean, if you've been making folk cry, you might as well get you some Kleenex, some puffs, some handkerchiefs, because you got some crying to do. You've been digging ditches for folk. You better watch where you walk because somebody going to have a ditch dug for you. So you can't ignore the Lord. So not only did he despise his works, not only despised his word, but he despised his warning over and over again. Don't you hear Jesus say, I- I've chosen you? First warning. A- at the very beginning, and one of you is a devil. That- that's a warning. Don't, don't, don't you see them sitting in the upper room, and he said that one of you is going to betray me? And, and I know the disciples didn't know who it was because the scripture is clear. All of them said, Lord, is it I? So, so he deceived the saints because nobody knew who he was. But Jesus gave them a warning. He said, the one who dips his hand with me in the dish, that was a warning. In the garden, even when Jesus gave him a final warning, when uh, when he comes with the soldiers and Jesus looks at him and says, friend, where are you coming from? That that was a warning. And, you know, that's the way some of us are. We ignore the warnings of God. Let, let me help you see what I'm talking about. I'm done. Every time you pass a cemetery, that's a warning. Get right with God. Every time somebody dies you know and love, that's a warning. Get right with God. Every time God speaks saying get right. Every time you read an obituary column, every time somebody goes in the hospital, that's a warning. Get right with God. And many of us are going by God's warning. We despise his work, we despise his word, and we despise his warning. But sin, not only did he, uh, Judas, deceive the saints and despise the Savior, but last I'm done. Destroyed his soul. And if I had time, I'd tell you, he destroyed his soul because of his decision, because of his deal, and because of his destiny. The Bible says that he went out in the night and went his own way. And, y'all, that's when we get in trouble, is when we go our own way. We get in trouble when we, when we make decisions outside of the will of God. What you have to understand is that Christianity and church is not Burger King. You can't just necessarily have it your own way. It's his way or no way because he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. See, there's only a short step between satanic suggestion and satanic possession. First, Satan puts it in his mind, and then after he opened up his mind, Satan entered into his heart. And you see, just and you see, you're you're just like the Holiday Inn. You, you can't stop Satan from coming in the lobby, but you do have some say so about letting him have a room in your house. You, you can't let him check in. And a lot of people have not only let him in but you've given him the penthouse of your life. you got to watch how you let decisions check in. Now, what really bothered me about Judas is the Bible said that when the soldiers came into the garden, he stood with them. And that bothered me because a few verses earlier I read where he sat with him. Okay, you missed it. I'm rewind it. The Bible said, that when the soldiers came in the garden, that he stood with them. But a few verses earlier, it said uh, that he stood with them. But a few verses earlier, it said he sat with him. And I see where you sit now. I see where you sit on Sunday. You sit with him. But when the doors open and we say, God be with you, where do you stand? I see where you sit on Sunday. 
but where do you stand on Monday? He went his own way because of decision, because of his deal. He sold the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. You know how much 30 pieces of silver would buy? A slave. He sold the Lord. And that's a shame. And a lot of people sell God for a lot less than that. And Judas didn't have to do that because he couldn't have been hungry because he was the treasure and he kept the bag. And he was stealing because John chapter 3 says he was stealing. I mean, he couldn't have been hungry because Jesus already said that I'm the bread of life. I'm the water of life. He didn't have to do that. Then his destiny. The Bible says he went his own way and Judas committed suicide. And I come by to suggest today that Judas didn't have to commit suicide. He didn't have to kill himself. And the reason I know that is because there's a song that we used to sing that says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. And, 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 and Judas made the tragic mistake that many of us make. He put limits on the grace of God. And declare victory, you cannot put limits on God's grace. Paul said his grace is sufficient. I heard Paul say that. I had something really bothering me, really bothering me. And Paul said, I prayed to God and asked him three times, Lord, please remove this storm. But I heard Paul say, the Lord said uh, to him, my grace is sufficient. And you know, there's somebody on the line listening to me right now, and and you feel that God is not a God of a second chance. But I want to tell you that not only is my God the God of a second chance, but he's the God of many chances, because the truth of the matter is you used your second chance a long time ago. And not only will God give you a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, he'll give you another chance. Now, some people don't come to church because they feel guilty. And I tell them, don't feel guilty because the God, the God I serve has already said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God had already said that while we were yet in sin, Jesus died on the cross. So you don't have to feel guilty about it. You can get it right today. And you can be blessed because we serve that kind of God. May God bless you. May God keep you is my prayer as I pass the call to Lisa. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for this morning, for this is a day that we have yet to see, and we have an expectation, Father, that it shall be a day unlike any other, but a day that's full of your grace and your mercy, and therefore full of possibility and opportunity. So, God, we just lift you up and want to tell you thank you. Somebody did not wake up this morning, and God, it wasn't us, but for whatever reason, you still have something for us to do. There's still some life for us to touch. There's still some times and opportunities for us to get some things right. There's still an opportunity for us, God, to be changed and further conformed to the image of your dear son, to go from faith to faith and mercy to mercy and grace to grace and go from strength to strength. And God, go from the ability of doubting to belief, to go from um, shame to being fearless and not of shame, God, from whatever happened yesterday and in our past and some 
or even some last night, God, we can put those things behind us and begin again today new. God, thank you for our minds being renewed and regenerated and refreshed and washed by your word, for you made some great and exceeding promises for us, and you told us what was available for us. We just simply had to lay hold to it. So, God, we acknowledge the fact that you are our Savior, but, God, we want to also acknowledge the fact that you are our Lord, and we know that you are rescuing, delivering, and setting us free as a Savior, but as our Lord, you are our King, our Master. We serve you, and we are here to do your bidding. You bought us with the precious price of the Lord Jesus, and so now we are no longer our own. Our lives do not belong to us, so, God, we yield and submit just as Jesus unto your will, because he came to do the will of the Father, and Father, we are still here today to do the will of you, and I thank you that we don't have to try to figure it out and don't have to try to solve it by ourselves. You told us not to lean to our own understanding, but in all of our ways, if we would acknowledge you, you would direct our path. You said that the steps of a good man are ordered by you, and you were not talking about a man in general, but mankind, Father. I thank you that you already have the plan established for us and what has been written about us in our books for our days are numbered and you said that you came that we would prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper in your word it is written that you know the plans for us plans to prosper us to give us a future a hope and an expected end so father help us to realize that we are your children we are royal priesthoods we are your ambassadors we are salt and light in this world we've been called out of dark and we have been and are being sanctified, meaning set apart for your good work and for your use, because many are the plans in a man's heart, but your purpose and your plan shall prevail. I thank you, Father, even for the example that Jesus set up because he came to die. He knew his plan. He knew his destiny. He knew what he had to do. And he asked, was there any other way? But there was not. And so he had a nevertheless in his spirit. Help us to have a nevertheless, Father, in spite of those that would come to kill, steal, and destroy, those that would come to deceive us, for those that would come to try to interrupt and try to despise us for what we're doing when we're doing right. You said, blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So, God, when we are persecuted, I pray that it's because we're doing the right thing, we're saying the right thing, we're being in the right place, we're being led by your Spirit. Everybody won't understand. Sometimes we don't even understand, but, God, we thank you for your leading. And, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your guiding and your direction in our lives. And God, we even thank you, God, that even those that are being destroyed around us, God, we can take a look and we can see. We don't um, expect or or cheer on and, and wait for their destruction, Father, but we pray. We stand in the gap and we pray that your will will be done and that your spirit will be even dispersed and dispatched, Father. Your angels would be um, set charged to do what you've already commanded them to do and what you've already established, for they hasten to perform your word. So, Father, we lift up and we intercede for those that appear to not know you and we dare not judge them because we don't know one day they might just come in father so we thank you our responsibility is to love our responsibility is to be light and salt our responsibility is to walk this thing out father and as we're walking it out we pray for strength in our inner man that we're not shaken and easily moved by the tricks of the enemy that we're not distracted by self and selfishness father that we're not drawn away by our own lusts and desires and the things that we want inside of us that are not pleasing to 
with you. And Father, you said that you have given us everything in this life that pertains to life and godliness. And it's in us, you, this hidden treasure, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us to will and do of your good pleasure. All we have to do, Father, and I know it sounds simple, but you told us to submit and to yield, to humble ourselves, to resist that devil, and he has to flee. God, you told us that true religion, that pure religion is undefiled. God, you said it's the ones that see about the orphans and the widows and the ones that's not caught up and stained by this world. Father, help us to walk out what we believe. Help us to be able to give an account for why we believe what we believe. Help us not to walk around and wander aimlessly and wait for somebody to tell us a word. When you've given us your word comprised of 66 books, Father, I thank you that your word is truth and is life. And I thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we're able to hide it in our hearts, God, that we might not sin against you. Because truth be told, if we did nothing else and we lived a life that was pleasing before you, God, our work is being accomplished. I thank you that you don't choose the most qualified. You don't choose the most intelligent. You don't choose the one that's got it all together. Father, you use broken vessels to accomplish your will in this earth. And once we encounter you, God, you begin like the potter and the clay to make us over. And sometimes you got to destroy that clay to build us back up, Father, so that when you hold us up to the light, there will be no cracks and there will be no light shining through. I thank you, Father, that you know what you're doing in our lives and help us to be helpers one to another. Father, you said if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves. And Father, we are your children. We've been called by your name. God, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of you, God, and you alone. You said that if we would humble ourselves and pray, God, teach us how to pray even more so where we're strategic, where we pray your word back to you, where it's hidden on the inside of us so that we can keep it in our forefront, that we can write it on the doorpost, that we can teach it to our children. But your word was made flesh, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. As we desire to know you, we get to know him. And then by your Holy Spirit, you give us illumination and revelation of who you are and what you are doing. And you despise the tricks of the enemy and you show us mysteries and you expose his hand that we can walk in victory. God, we thank you. There's so much that you have for us that we are so busy trying to figure it out and you've already laid out the plan for us. Help us, God, to remember who we are in you. Help us to remember to speak things that be not as though they were. And so we speak healing over Mrs. Jones in the name of Jesus. It might be a fact that stage four cancer is a diagnosis, but God, your truth of the word is that by by your stripes she is healed. You declared that healing is the children's bread. You sent forth your word and it healed. So we sent forth your word right now to her address. We don't have to try to find her. You know where she is. And we thank you, God, that she is healed. Healed in her mind. Healed in her relationships. Healed in her soul, God. Healed even in her body. We thank you. We know our days are numbered. We have to leave this place at one point or another, and we don't know exactly what day. So I pray for everyone that might be mourning the loss of those that have passed on or someone that might be sad because someone is sick. Father, we put our hope, our trust, our emotions, everything, God, even our souls in you because you, God, know the plan. 
you already know, just like Jesus, I want to be at the point where I can say, nobody takes my life. I'm able to lay it down when my work is finished and it's time for me to go because this place is not my home. This place is not our home. So we want to be able to rest in you. And while we're here, we can find rest. We can find the peace that surpasses all understanding, the joy that's unspeakable, full of grace and truth, full of your mercy. Father, thank you, Holy Spirit, for being the very present help on the inside of us to remind us of your word and remind us of who we are so that we can stand. And having done all that we think that we can do, we can continue to stand. Let us not live a life full of hypocrisy. Let us remember that it was by grace we've been saved through faith because of a gift. So who are we to exclude somebody from receiving that very same gift? Help us to love, God, the unconditional kind of love that makes people want to say, who is it that you're serving? What is it about you? I want to get to know you so that I can get to know who's in you. Father, help us. God, we lift up our children before you as they are going about their way, making decisions that are so contrary to your word. We dare not forget that we were once there making decisions that were so outside of your will and your word. And while we was in the midst of our sin, you still demonstrated how much you loved us. You did not let that enemy take overtake us. You kept us by your hedge of angels protecting us and surrounding us and keeping us because you knew one day we would say yes, not to just you being our Savior, but you being our Lord as well. So God, thank you. And we know that children shall come in for they are our inheritance. So if anyone's stressing God, we cast our cares upon you. We lay it down. We exchange our yoke for yours. But you said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So we take up on the full truth of your word that our children and our households shall be saved in the name of Jesus. God, we speak to them right now, wherever they are, that they would come out of darkness this Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. We can't change them. We can't make them who we want them to be. And we thank you for an appointed time. They will have their eyes open and they will start walking in the truth and they shall be everything you created and called them to be. And God, we thank you for what's written in the book of life concerning them. God, we thank you that they shall stand up and be leaders, God, and not followers in whatever capacity you call them in, whether it be the church house or the marketplace or the schoolhouse, wherever, God, your light needs to shine. So, God, we ask you to forgive us when we've been overtaken by worry and doubt and the stuff in this world, and we've decided to believe the lies instead of the truth of your word, which you've already promised us. Help us to dig deep into your word to find out, God, the solution to our problem instead of being problem-focused. God, we focus on the solution, which Jesus Christ is Lord is the ultimate, and that his blood covers a multitude of faults and sin and is able to redeem and cleanse. God, we thank you. Help us to get our minds right. We set our affections on you and things above because life is going to happen. With or without us, God, your plan still shall prevail. And I'm so grateful, God, that that enemy is not on your level. You created him. He has to bow to you. So, God, we bless you. We thank you for the word gone forth this morning. We thank you, even with a heavy heart, that you are still able to accomplish the mission and the plan that you have for all of our lives. You're still able to use us from a broken place, God. But let our brokenness not be because of stuff we've done. God, we thank you. 
We thank you for your power of love that's able to spread across um, space and time. We thank you. We thank you, Father, even now as you're renewing our minds and you're making us think of your goodness and how great you are. And if you've done it before, you can do it again. And you're still working miracles. And we talk so much about how busy the devil is. God, well, you've already set things in motion and you've already established some things and you've already spoken some decrees and declared some things that have to happen. God, by your word, this world is still in existence and still consisting. And the stars and the sun and the moon, they still perform because you commanded them to. So, Father, what what is man? that you're even mindful of us. Thank you that you love us so much. Got a love that will never change no matter who we are and where we are. And I'm so grateful your love is able to find us right now. So I thank you for the destiny you already have carved out and eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men, the things that you have prepared for them that love you. God, you've got greatness on the inside of us because of your Holy Spirit, and you've got great things for us to do. And it's not just one person you're singling out. God, you are bringing us together and you're teaching and you're learning and you're growing us together and you're helping us to be helpers one to another as we're strengthening one another and holding up each other's arms. God, we dare not forget that we're not in this thing alone, but you are revealing those mysteries and those deep things and those secret things to us by your spirit. That gives us hope. That helps us to realize, Father, we don't have to live as this world lives. We don't have to be in despair as this world is. We don't have to act like the children of this world whose God is their father, which is the enemy. Father, we can act like we are royalty. And royalty has its privileges. God, I thank you. And Father, we bless you because you are great and greatly to be praised. So just for a moment, we want to take our minds and our eyes off of what's going on right now. And we just want to come together. We just want to praise you and we want to thank you and we want to lift you up. And we want to tell you, God, that we love you. So we take our phones off of mute and we give you what you desire. For you desire the praises of your people. And Father, in fact, you said you inhabit, meaning you live in and you dwell in and you rest in and reside in the praises of your people. So God, we thank you for your presence as we lift you up and build you up, God, and exalt you to be who you are. And we thank you for your glory, God, and we give you honor by how we live our lives, God. Not just the words we say, God. It doesn't matter what we say if our actions don't line up. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for keeping our path straight, God. And we thank you for that path that is narrow. And we thank you that even in hard sometimes, but I thank you that by your spirit, we're able to do everything that you've called us to do in the name of Jesus. We're able to build up and not tear down. God, we're able to mend broken places by your spirit. I thank you, Father, and I speak to the hearts of your men and your women and that you know that place where they're so broken and they're hurting. God, they're hurting. And God, that you're in that broken place, God. 
want to serve a God like that? What are we showing the world? Who are we showing the world? Father, we bless you and we praise you and we thank you and we seal this prayer forever to be established, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lady for leading us in prayer, in corporate prayer this morning. Um, is there anyone didn't get a chance to say good morning? I asked Sabelle Jones. Good morning. Yes, good morning. I joined late, and I'm so glad I joined. This is Priscilla. Good morning to all. Good morning, Mr. <laughs> Anyone else? Good morning. Hey, good morning. Mm-hmm. This is Paul. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Anyone else? Good morning. That was your time. Good morning, Pastor Lavelle. God bless you all, Victory family. Sarge, Sarge. Good to hear your voice. Anyone else? Y'all want to say good morning this morning? Good morning, Pastor LaVille. It's pretty Patrice. Good morning. Hey, you. Hey, you. Are y'all on the same phone or are y'all passing the phone? Nope. Speaker? Separate phone. Separate phone. Oh. Separate parts of the house. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Anyone else? No. All right. Thank you, Valerie, both Alice Pizza this morning for uh, opening and greeting and everything, and uh, Lady Lisa for meeting us for prayer. Uh, you heard the declaration this morning. Uh, please forgive me if I was kind of all over the place. I am on my way to Oakland right now. Um, uh, my mother was diagnosed as uh, having stage four uh, lung cancer, and we are. Me and my brothers are on our way to talk about options that the doctors have given us, given her, and things like that. So we're going to do it collectively this morning. So pray uh, our strength. Uh, uh, so um, uh, anyone, any questions, any comments and, uh, regarding the declaration? Now's your time. Any aha moments? Good morning, Brother Pastor Lavelle. This is Bubbly. Um, the hey, one you. thing I, I, the one thing that really caught my hearing or aha moment was how are we how are we representing Christ? And I thought about you know how are we messing up His good name by not being obedient or not doing what we're supposed to do as far as being followers of Christ? And it made me think about that commercial. Um, about what's in your wallet. Always, you know, the Capital One commercial. So if what made me think about was not what's in my wallet, but what's in my heart. And in my, in my heart, am I showing the love of Christ? Um, am I being kind like we're supposed to do? You know, am I in my word and, you know, getting closer to him? Through his word, am I you know, getting on my knees and praying to him and seeking answers from him and waiting on him 
that was my aha moment this morning. So I thank God for you. I am continuously praying for you and your family and believe in God that he's going to do what he says he's going to do and believe in it by faith. I love you guys. I love you, brother. I love you, and Love you, too, Father. You. you noticed that that was kind of a continuation from our Tuesday, Wednesday night, Tuesday and Wednesday night Bible study of, of, uh, of, of Jesus. And John uh, was in chapter 20-something, or uh, uh, Jesus and Judas. And uh, I just brought it from Matthew's perspective uh, uh, today. Uh, and so that was, uh, that was my heart share. Today. Anyone else? Thank you, Bob. Anyone else? Good morning, Pastor Lavelle. I think you came off the cuff pretty well. I say when the word is in you, it just comes right on out. Thank you. Uh-huh. And we'll be praying for your mom and your family. God bless you. Bless. Thank you. Anyone else? Good morning. This is uh, Sister Priscilla. I just want to say first, I'll be praying for you and your family. Keep you in my heart today, but the, there was so many moments of aha. There were so many revelations. Um, this was very, very deep study, and I appreciate you uh, for the revelation. I didn't look at Judas as intently as you dissected it, and there was just so much that I will go back and listen to this and study just looking at the personalities, you dissected it, looking at us, looking at the church, looking at our own walk, um, how there's always going to be a Judas in the camp and noticing and seeing those personalities and even the personalities in us. Um, it was, like I said, a lot of revelation. Um, so I just appreciate and thank you for the teaching. Wow. Did, did you notice the fact that that Jesus never even put him out? Jesus, Jesus exactly. knew from the beginning exactly. who he was. And Jesus exactly. just demonstrated that if love and patience wasn't going to save it, putting him out wasn't going to save it. We're going to do this with Judas on board. Prophecy will be yeah. fulfilled with Judas on board. Wow. Well, exactly. And not, not only that, not only that, uh, he never put him out. He saw him from the very beginning. And like you said, God is a God of many chances. So that's the kind of love and the kind of God we serve. That love is what we talk about. That's just incredible love. And you can only find that in the God that we serve. Um, so that's why I, I was just, there was so many revelations, so much going off. Um, and like I said, di- dissecting that Judas personality, but like we say, we put our problems above God sometimes, but God created Judas. So <laughs> he's above everything. He tells us every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That includes the enemy. So you just expanded my thought and my mind, and and, and <laughs> I appreciate it. I just appreciate the study. I, I really, and the revelation and, and the wording, and it was such perfection, 
And it, it was meant for us to hear it for so many reasons. And I, I just say thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Bless You know, I'm I'm facing uh I'm facing some blessings and some turmoil all at the same time. God is blessing on one hand and it seems like he's 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 not well, I'm not gonna say he's not blessing, I'm gonna say that it seems like things are going wrong on the other hand. Um, uh, you know, uh opening the second church uh to the blessing. One church in two locations, and then as I met with my team yesterday, I said, y'all need to get ready for the third church. And they said, Pastor, we're going to open another church? Uh, yeah, the Lord said, we're going to open another church. Uh, Pastor, we're going to have three churches? Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, but Pastor, you're still working a job. Yeah, I know. And uh, that's what staff is for. Uh, for instance, while I was at work yesterday, my staff uh, went and fed the homeless. I feel like as a leader, if you got to be there to make it happen, then you're not that good of a leader. Mm. Yeah, I said it. If you got to be there to make it happen, that's what I love about Dion. Uh, Dion was the organizer of the Declare Victory call. I mean, she don't have to peek her head in here every – I mean, she may be on the line right now, but we we don't know it. I mean, she don't have to say nothing and let us know that she's in charge or whatnot, you know, that shows the humility and her leadership, you know, her and, you know, and, and her team, because she's allowed her team to do what they need to do. And they gave me a report, sent me a report, and let me know everything that, that went on. And now they said, Pastor, can we do this once a month? You sure can. You sure can. You can do it as often as you want to do it. So, you know, that that, that 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 means a whole lot. So uh, with, with all I have going on uh, mentally, physically, uh, my Wednesday night Bible study, I have Bible study Tuesday and Elk Grove Wednesday in Sacramento, and I was just mentally and physically exhausted. But my team carried on and went on and did what they needed to do. So God is a sustainer, and, and, and if Judas had really listened to the Lord's word, he wouldn't have had to kill himself because God would have even forgiven him. And some of us say right now, and you've heard people say why they don't go to church, why they don't believe in stuff, or I can't go because I've done something so bad and this and that. You, you are not so far out there that Jesus cannot get to you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. One thing I love about Psalm 30 and 5 that says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Morning means it's the dawn of a brand new day. Morning means despite mm. all of your past cares of yesterday. I don't care how many times you messed up yesterday. I don't care what you did yesterday. But if you have a repentant heart, the morning means you can have a brand new start. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Good morning. Hello, hey, okay. Go ahead. Somebody. Okay. Um, my name is Juanita, and I just want to thank you um, for this morning. Um, I also will keep your mom and yourself in prayer, your family in prayer. Um, 
But I actually, it's so ironic um, that this morning, I just right be, you know before you came, um, before I got on the prayer line, I had just read about Judas, and then that's what your sermon was about. And it's just um, you know, and I know that, and then I posted something that said you know that Judas, you know about you know just being forgiving the people who hurt you, forgiving the people that. Um, um, have done you wrong or anything to that nature because they are part of the plan. So we know that Judas was part of the plan, you know, because like you said, he was there all along. He was, a, you know, he was there, you know, and Jesus, Jesus even said that, you know, you know, I picked 12 of you or you have, or there's 12 of us, but you no know, one of you are is the devil. So all along, and we used to explain that he knew that he was the devil all along, you know, so I just thank you for, um, you know, even enlightened, you know, with how are we um, representing, you know, Jesus and how are we, um, you know, displaying, you know, our love, you know, towards one another. So I just, I just thank you. Um, just thank you for the prayer line. I thank um, God for the, the line. I was um, introduced to the line by Carla Johnson and, you know, I don't get a chance to speak because um I'm in an, in an environment where I really, um, in the mornings, mostly, I, you know, it's hard to be able to, to talk on the line. Um, so that's, but I do, um, right now I'm on a little short mini vacation in Dallas. And so um, I'm in California temporarily um, through job, but I'm actually from Illinois. So I'm going back to Illinois in, in January. So I'm just praying that um, if you guys would just keep me in your prayers and whatever God has for me, that I actually would just walk in, you know, and follow what God has for me to do. Thank you. Well, let me, let me share, let me share something with you on this forgiveness piece. Uh, last Saturday, every, mostly everybody that knows me knows that I lost my son a few years ago. My 17 year old son was murdered. And, um, and, um, and I was invited, uh, and part two is, is in January. I was invited to Providence Baptist Church Bishop uh, A.L. Cobbs Jr. and Lady Lady Cobbs uh, invited me to be the facilitator of of a uh, of a group of parents that have lost their children. I I, I think it had to be 15, 16 mothers that have lost their children, and one one mother. Uh, Said that she's having a hard time forgiving uh, uh, the people that had something to do with her, her daughter's death, and I, 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 I quickly shared with her from a Christian perspective that I understand you're hurting as a mother, but you still profess to be a Christian, and it's unfair for us to ask God for forgiveness and we won't forgive. That's selfish. You want to be forgiven, but you don't want to forgive. And, and and we need to be very keenly aware when we think about that, when we go down before our knees every day, every night, and before we talk to God. Because when you talk to God, you need to ask him for forgiveness because, remember, uh, uh, your prayer is really good enough to get to God. So you need to ask for forgiveness because you've done something during the course of, day, of the day that you need forgiveness for. And so when you go down and ask for God, ask God for forgiveness, 
Remember, if you haven't forgiven, you, you shouldn't do that. The Bible clearly says, humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself. So it's very, very important because if Judas had asked for forgiveness, Jesus would have forgiven, forgiven him, even though he did what he did. Amen. All right, somebody else is going to say something. Go ahead. Hey, this was, it was Mona. I was just thinking, you know, I was just listening and thinking, you guys, um, about Judas. And, and just in that in that time of, even when you had said he never called him, um, he never he always called him teacher or rabbi or what or whatnot. Never called him so Lord. He, yeah, he never called him Lord. So he didn't see him. For who he was, he never saw him for who he was. But God, you know, of course, Jesus saw him for who he was. But I just, I believe God did that because He already knew the plan. Of course, He knew what He had to. He was part of the plan. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, He had to. You know, of course, you know. Uh, um, but I feel it's just amazing how good God is to still right in that. You know how He knowing, knowing, all knowing, knowing that, and was still loving on this man, and was still. How, you know, having him right there, following him, and I'm sure it, 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 that is happening on today. When you think about it, I thought about that on myself early on. You know, my mindset has changed of how I see God and how I see Jesus, um, because you know I didn't understand before even how to. Um, I remember early on in my Christian walk that I didn't, I, I, I didn't understand the uh, they are they are one and to separate, you know, I, I didn't understand it, so I just went with Jesus, God, you know, I just put it aside because um, I didn't even try to connect with who he was um, in that way. So, you know, to me, I thought about it, I was like, huh, you know, when you we were just talking, maybe think was that there's still some characteristics of Judas, you know what I'm saying, that we need to um, be aware of, you know, that so we can know that, you know, we got to have a personal relationship, know who he is, you know what I'm saying, and and I'm, I was just thinking about all that, y'all. I'm sorry, I'm talking out loud. <laughs> I see I'm going a, a little around. Yeah, but how we got to see that, like, um, even in this day of time, because I can relate to Judas. I, I was thinking, I was like, wow, I can relate to that. We didn't, he didn't know him. He didn't know him. He didn't trust him. You know. So yeah, I, I'm so glad on today that God's word has penetrated my heart. <laughs> so I'm good. But yes, I'll just, you know. I just thought about that, y'all, with Judas. He didn't get it. He didn't He didn't get the word. He didn't receive it. He didn't, you know, and he was standing right there. Golly. Watch, watch this, watch this, watch this. How we're so quick to give up on one another, Jesus knew what Judas was going to do and still never gave up on him. Wow, yeah. That's just beautiful. And we're supposed to have the heart of I, I knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I know I could do it with God, but I couldn't just see myself doing it. But I know with God we can, because he says so. We you, have you, to forgive each other. You'll hear us say, you hear us say um, uh, girls, you know Mona? Uh, I ain't got nothing to do with Mona. If you know what she did to me, uh, or you know Pastor LaBelle Jones, uh, I wouldn't go hear him preach for nothing in this world. But yet, you still betray the Lord on a daily basis, and you still do the stuff you do, but you won't forgive me. I wish I had me a witness. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness is is, wow. is so.
free. And I, 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 I did not realize so how much it is just just from the releasing of freeing my, my uncle. I have yeah. felt such, such, you guys, uh, uh, that, that rock that we had in our backpack, I, could, I felt it literally come up out of that sucker and, my like, I could stand on today. Like, I could, you know, it's, it's a whole different feeling of how um, my heart feels because at the end of the day, I was still holding on to not want to forgive. But even when the enemy come back in and say, you really going to still forgive him? Yes, I forgive him. I have to do it constantly still. Yes, I do. I forgive him. Yes, I do. You know, and it's just so, it's just, it is. It's the truth of hearing that because we have heard that all the time about forgiveness. But you got to really practice it and do it to know exactly um, what it's about and what it's meant for because it's meant for us. It's meant for us. I, I, people were telling me that so much. I was looking at them like, yeah, whatever. This, y'all, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand, you know, but it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother thing. You just, tr- I just trusted him. I trusted God and his word pierced through. It pierced through those scales. It pierced through those, you know what I mean? And I'm just so grateful for that. Forgiveness is real. Sorry, get back on the subject. You know, I love you guys. Sorry. You know, Mona, they they asked me how did I how did I handle losing my son as a pastor? And 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 you know, people have a right to ask whatever question they want to ask. I'm I'm okay with that. I said I didn't grieve my son as a pastor. I grieved my son as a father. And they said, well, what about the people that took your son's life? I said, I'm reminded of them every time I come to Oakland. I live in Sacramento. And every time I said, before I got to y'all today in Richmond, I have to pass Rolling Hills Cemetery where my son is buried. And it's a constant reminder that somebody took him. I'm on my way to my mother's right now, but guess what? I got to pass. got to pass Rolling Hills. Mm-hmm. in order to get to my mother's house where my son is buried on that hill. And and they asked me, would you forgive the people that did it? I've already forgiven them. I don't have to forgive them no more. I've already forgiven them because now it's in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Because I understand the fact that I can't ask God for forgiveness and I'm not willing to forgive Yeah, that was my baby, 17 years old, innocent. And and, 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 and because you made a stupid decision of what you were trying to do to somebody else, somebody else got caught in the, in the gunfire. So, so the best I can say is my faith looks up to me. A lot of people say that I'm, I'm strong in the faith. I'm strong in the faith. Yeah, I, I believe I'm strong in the faith, but y'all don't know sometimes when I go back home, how I have to feel. Sometimes I have a strong exterior where when it comes to people, when it comes to my members and things like that. Um, but but it still hurts. Oh, it hurts. It, 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 it don't hurt like a pastor. It hurts like a like a father. It hurts like a father. And then and then and then those of you that know me, uh two 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 and a half years later, uh the Lord took well, he took my brother and then right after that, he took my 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 sister on Friday and my dad that same Sunday. 
and 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 I just don't know what's going to happen where my mother's concerned. All I all I can say is I trust God. God, that will be done. You know, uh, so my faith is strong because I trust God beyond all measures, and and I, I never be Judas to that extent to turn my back on Him because it's not going the way I want it to go. Right. Anyone else? Hey, this is Lisa. Um, just um, Lisa, you got to put a little bass in your voice, your little soft voice. You got to put a little bass in your voice. I mean, I'll speak up this so morning, we can hear you. Morning. All right, be quiet. Let me speak. Let me speak. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for your message. Um, and absolutely, I'm keeping your mom and family lifted up. Um, so many things um, about your message that makes me think, and even with the conversation of Judas, right? And some people would think that Judas, because he was the son of perdition and that he was, um, you know, God says he raises up vessels of honor and dishonor. And even though somebody had to betray him and, and Jesus already knew intentionally choosing him because that's part of the plan that was set up, right? There was still opportunity for even at the end, like you were saying, for Judas to repent um, because of because of the grace of God, because of because of God being who He is, and instead of um, you know Judas when he found out you know that this was set in motion after he had already received the money and everything, he felt sorry, but he didn't repent, and so that's something for us to take a look at too, because his sorrow he felt bad because he betrayed an innocent man when he, you know, got that, that revelation of light. But that, that godly sorrow is supposed to, godly sorrow is supposed to lead towards repentance, right? So his sorrow just made him feel bad about what he did. Think about that, right? So so what are we wow. doing? Is it is it con- condemning us and making us feel bad so now we ain't going to church and we blew it so we're just going to be done with it? But what about the relationship we had with him before the stuff and the mess? And because we're so godly sorrow- sorrowful and if at all possible we don't want to hurt God's heart, right, we are led towards repentance to turn away from. And this repentance is simply a changing of our mind. Um, and going in the opposite direction. It's not a 360 because we'll end up right back where we were, but a changing of our mind and going in the opposite direction. And we have scripture because whenever we're trying to prove a text, we can use text to kind of prove it. Even Jezebel, after she, you know, was responsible for all the havoc that she wreaked being married to Ahab and trying to run things and trying to be in control and manipulating and even being responsible for, you know, killing some of the prophets of God, right? He still gave her space to repent, read it. I think it's um, somewhere in the Old Testament. He still gave her space to repent, um, but she didn't. And so, therefore, you know, her her ultimate death was prophesied about falling out the window and the dogs eating her bones. Well, that's what happened. She fell from a window after she tried to cover up, you know, because she knew that her time was like they were coming after her. So she, even in the end, trying to manipulate the situation. So read that about Jezebel. She did have an opportunity to repent, but she didn't. Another thing you brought out and I wanted to mention was, you know, Oftentimes when we know our purpose and we know why we are here and we know the destiny that we are to fulfill and it's not always as clear as um, 
you know, we'd like it to be, but check it out. It's not really hard either because the ultimate thing is that we would be witnesses, salt and light, and we would go into the hedges, highways, and byways and compel people to come in. That's one of our commands, right? And then we would love, love God and love everybody else. So those three things, basically, if we're doing those, then everything else seems to fall in place. That is part of our purpose. We're still being here. Somebody needs to see our light and our testimony. Well, think about because Jesus knew exactly why he came. He had no problem dealing with Judas because he knew the plan. Right. Um, And because he was in his full humanity, did he know how it was going to play out? I don't know. That's questionable. I I wasn't there. But he also knew that he came to die and that 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 whole Judas betraying him set things in motion because he knew it was time. He knew when it was time, right, because before he was hidden, when he was doing all his miracles and everything. But he knew it was time for him now to be exposed fully for who he was because it was time for him to go to the cross. So check this out. He could be okay with Judas being there, and we know he was because you mentioned it when Judas showed up. He said, friend, betrayest thou me with a kiss? Why did he call him friend? Because in spite of Judas was playing into the plan that God had already established and helping further the plan that had to come to pass, right? How do I know this? Because you can compare what he said to um, Peter. When Peter tried to stop the plan that was going forth, he rebuked him and called him Satan, basically, or called what he was doing Satan, because it was against the plan that needed to come to pass. Get thee behind me, Satan, is what he said to Peter. Right. So how could he call one friend that he knew was setting him up and call one, um, um, call him, rebuke him as Satan or what he was doing as satanic um, when all Peter was trying to do was cut off the ear and, you know, help help try to save Jesus. So so it has to be deeper than what we see. It has to be the point that, that Jesus knew. And anything that furthers the plan of what he came to do and his purpose and his mission is in agreement with it. And anything that's counteractive to it or that, that would con- contradict or try to stop the plan of God being fulfilled in our lives is satanic. So I just wanted to share that. But thank okay, you. so let me say this in regards to what you said. First of all, I don't like you. Second of all, uh, that was awesome. Um, And it brought me to the fact of him having to go to the cross. Watch this. Having must need because the work of redemption had to take place and our salvation had to be realized right there on the cross. So I would say that when I look at the cross and passing Judas and getting to the cross and the pain of the agony that, that he went through on the cross, if 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 all I look at, and I'm going somewhere with this stuff, uh, if all I see when I look at the cross is pain, if all I see that his hands being nailed, the crown of thorns, his feet being nailed, the spike in the seat and and and, uh, and the side, if 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 all I see when I look at the cross is pain. And what Judas did is pain, then my Christian experience will continue to be a misery and never a joy. And I'm basing that on what you just said, but I'm going to bring scripture to what you just said. The Hebrew writer said he was able to endure it all. Why? Because he had set his eyes on the joy that was before. Glory, that shall be revealed. Yes, he was able to endure the suffering. Yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. We should write a book, please. <laughs> that's good. I was thinking about it as you started talking. Wow. Thank you. That was awesome. That was awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone? Lisa, I dropped the mic, but I mean, you know, I'm, I, I mean, 
Det er så bare det her. Ja. Alright, well, I thank everyone. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just say real quick, we should just get up, you guys, and say, hey, God, what's the plan, huh? That's what it sounds like. What's the plan? Hey, follow the plan. Well, if you're walking in his word and walking in his will, you'll know the plan. Keep walking. You'll know the plan. Because his plan is in his word. And, but, but that's not a bad question, God. What's the plan for the day? <laughs> uh, I like that. All right. And no one else? All right. I, I pray. I ask that you pray my strength in the Lord. Um, uh, I'm kind of just taking this weekend off. I'm not going to preach. Uh, uh, my good friend, Dr. Donald Bird is in town from Houston, Texas. He passes one church uh, and uh, three locations himself. And, uh, well, two churches and three locations, I should say. He pastors uh, A-Leaf and uh, I'm just preached there a month or two ago. Uh, uh, but um, uh, y'all pray my strength. Continue to pray for my mother. Uh, pray for the work that God is doing in my life and my ministry, how he continues to grow it. And uh, I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to keep preaching, keep teaching, and stay focused, all right? So you all have a wonderful day. Remember, uh, get up tomorrow to go to worship. And when you get to worship, make sure you worship. And make sure you see Jesus in the worship, because if you don't see Jesus, you have not worshipped. Because worship has to do with seeing Jesus. Isaiah chapter 6. All right? Have a wonderful day. I love every last one of you. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, family. Have a wonderful day, everyone. You too.